0: And
1: on the 2 men's wedding day, the air filled with cheer and laughter. That's the voice of an educator reading a same-sex love story to Virginia elementary kids during school morning announcements. Why are parents still having to grapple with this kind of sexual indoctrination despite the parental rights tidal wave we saw during the election? We're gonna talk about this and more. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. All right, well, before we get started here, I just want to mention all this social media chatter I've been seeing about this movie, the Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun Maverick. Apparently, it's doing very well at the box office, and I haven't personally seen it. But I see everybody saying that this movie is different, and maybe Hollywood woke up from its obsession of feminizing all the men and it even actually presented the military in a patriotic light. Victoria, what did you think? I know you saw this. Do you think Hollywood has woken up from being woke?
0: I hope so, because I hope they're getting the reaction that we would expect with a fantastic movie. I mean, you, every movie has its—no no movie is perfect. But compared to what's been coming out lately, they actually had a, a male in a male role doing the kinds of things that, you know, I think men can look up to. You know, Masculine men yes, do. Yes, he's a hero, you know, and um, he's training other future, you know, people that are going to save our, you know, our country. And so I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, and I do hope that they really do see how well it's doing in the box office and say, we need more of this. It also was not, you know, most of these films, even when they're good in their plot line or they have a good character, they have to introduce you know, something, and I didn't feel like this had, you know, things that we would find, you know, woke or left wing. It was just sort of straightforward, which I think a lot of people miss that in movies, just... The movies that used to just have the good old plot lines and the characters and not trying to put in, um, you know, an LGBT character or make sure there is a quota of diversity or make sure there's, you know, let's just have a story to play out like a story. Yeah. Have a good story, not identity politics. <laughs> yeah. But but I will say there are other movies out there right now that I think they you know, I I, I hate to say it when they kill st- children's movies that's the worst so you know we have this new uh, you probably heard there's this new Toy Story this is on I I don't know if we're on that's Buzz Lightyear yeah Buzz Lightyear I think we're on like Toy Story 4 and you know the first three kind of had the same characters and kind of moved in the same direction but apparently in this one they've taken a whole different direction and apparently Buzz Lightyear uh, now features a same-sex kiss which I'm just devastated because my kids all love Toy Story and I don't know why they have to put this stuff in there
1: And you mentioned to me Patricia Heaton's tweet that she seemed upset that uh, Tim Allen is not in the original role as Buzz Lightyear.
0: Yeah, I wonder what's behind that because yeah, his voice is the iconic Buzz Lightyear voice. And so you sit here and wonder, why isn't he in that movie? And maybe he wasn't on board. He's, you know, he's known to be a little more conservative than a lot of Hollywood. So maybe he wasn't on board with this. And um, yeah, she had some pretty strong words about what they did to the character also, just sort of uh, mitigating the manhood of Buzz Lightyear.
1: Yeah, the thing is, you know, when I say masculine men, I'm not talking about that we're for these, these hyper masculine stereotypes. But it, it it was refreshing I guess is what you're saying is that we saw men defending the country um, being brave and patriotic and it wasn't men being feminized or being made to look like goofballs or you know.
0: Yeah I feel like we've just tilted so far in the other direction lately that it's nice to have um, some men that are worthy of looking up to because I feel like Lately, the movies just—I don't know what they're doing to the characters, but I think they just need new plot lines, and they're—they're they're creating um, characters that have to have these fatal flaws, or they have to—I I don't know—it's just not the same. And this—I I feel like if you watch this current, especially that you know, if you watch the current Top Gun, it felt like the old one. You know, people who loved the original Top Gun and saw this new addition to it, this movie that t- kind of builds on the original, they were happy.
1: Well, let's dive right into today's topic. We want to give our listeners an important update on the school board battles that are happening out there. You know, first we saw the news about a school librarian at Marshall Elementary School in Woodbridge, Virginia, that took the time during school morning announcements to read what I can only describe as an indoctrination through a same-sex fairy tale love story. And this was apparently read to the entire student population. Let's just listen to a clip from that real quick
0: everyone. Today's story is called Prince and Knight.
1: It was this moment during the morning announcement at Marshall Elementary School in Woodbridge last Friday, sparking controversy.
0: And as they gazed into each other's eyes, their hearts began to race.
1: The school librarian reading to the students a children's book about a prince falling in love with a knight after defeating a dragon. And
0: on the two men's wedding day, the air filled with cheer and laughter.
1: But some parents, including Janelle Anderson, whose fifth grade child attends the school, say it was inappropriate.
0: I thought That was a very controversial choice to read at an elementary school level and not give parents the option to opt out. You know, I actually I just feel for that mom. You can hear in her voice just the not just frustration, but I mean, just the courage that it takes to speak out against this. She just feels like they're sexualizing little kids. that We don't need to be talking about these things in schools. It's kind of devastating, and I think a lot of parents can relate.
1: Yeah, and to your point, I just recently had a super late evening in Fairfax County because we went out there to support parents dealing with their school board trying to push these issues, and they're even going, I feel, a little bit more extreme because they are uh, looking at considering Uh, putting these so-called gender spectrum and LGBTQIA, we got to make sure we get all the alphabet. I think there's even a plus on there, Uh, lessons to kids as young as five years old. So they're expanding their sex education to put in these gender identity things for the elementary level. Uh, And I don't know, where do I even start, Victoria? It was just there were about 100 parents out there before that were part of um, a Protect Every Kid rally in front of the school board. Um, that was encouraging. I had one parent, just uh, a Hispanic parent, drove into the parking lot and came up to our little booth with our Protect Every Kid signs. And he signed up for our emails. And he said, I just I saw the parents here. I wanted to be part of this. I, I feel like it can't go any further. So he had no intention of going before, but it just pricked his heart when he saw all the parents out there
0: waving their signs. That's pretty cool. That yeah. I mean, you you gotta hope the courage is actually contagious. You know that people see it and they want to be a part of it because they're tired of it too.
1: Yeah, the thing that's I think takes a lot of perseverance for the parents. We go in there. We have maybe almost an, uh, at least forty-five minutes of parent testimony. Almost every single one is about opposition to expanding gender identity into the elementary levels and then there was another issue where they're dealing with punishments for uh, things like so-called malicious misgendering or um, malicious outing related to gender identity, which is concerning to parents because they don't no one can define malicious. if a child that comes from a biblically based home, feels that they cannot use the word they for a single person or use the word he to refer to a student that is a biological female um, because of their deeply held b- b- biblical beliefs, is that going to be defined that because they are not saying something with compelled speech, they are being malicious? That was really unanswered. Um, it was unanswered how it affects uh, teachers that maybe are trying to involve parents if the child is coming to, to school and experimenting with a di- different gender identity. Is that teacher going to be um, having a, a punishment for being malicious because they talk to the parents? Um, those questions were unanswered.
0: Well, and I think it's, a, I mean, parents have every concern. It's very valid. As we know, there's a court case going on in Virginia where a teacher chose not to use any pronouns and it was considered sort of you know, intentionally mean, and he got fired over it. So these parents are looking at that. And that's in West Point. That's not Northern Virginia. That's sort of almost, it's almost rural Virginia. And you don't think of those things as being such flashpoints there. But if it can happen in West Point, You better be sure in Fairfax there could be people who say, yeah, we don't care what your religion is. We think you're being mean. And they end up literally getting punished under this code, which I continue to wonder, why are these policies that we're creating about one type of being mean? Kids Absolutely can be mean to others, which we would never endorse for any reason. But what they keep doing is creating policies around the specific reasons of LGBT and then roping in people who just have religious freedom concerns who simply aren't being mean. They're just trying to not violate their faith. They're not trying to harm anyone. They they love this person. They just don't want to engage in sort of the LGBT agenda, and and it's getting swept into these bullying policies. Thanks
1: for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. Here's the thing that was frustrating. You had several parents that concern citizens making those exact same points. Like I said, I think maybe for 45 minutes during testimony time. But the way the school board handles it is, first of all, they only allow a limited amount of speakers, like maybe 13. This is chosen through a mysterious kind of lottery. We don't know why certain speakers are being selected to speak that represent, supposedly represent all the parents. Um, then after it's clear all the parents in the rally beforehand, most of the people speaking, these are their concerns. They are hardly addressed at all. Not only that, the, the school board put those two agenda items at the, at the end of the evening. They're in there at 11 o'clock at night, you know, taking a vote on the first thing with the pronoun, the student uh, guidebook and all of that. Um, I don't even know if parents made it till after that to see what's happening on the curriculum portion. That is so unfair to parents when you know that's what they're there to hear.
0: Oh, well, without a doubt, school boards are absolutely making decisions to do everything possible to shut out parent input. So it's either you get 30 seconds to talk if you're lucky, you can't show up in person, or in this case, we're going to put it at the very end of the agenda. They've been doing that for, you know, ages, but it's just super frustrating because these parents have to be so dedicated to be there to that late hour to be willing to testify. And I think, you know, that's why part in part why our law center went after Loudon's school board in a lawsuit. It was like, look, you're not going to shut out parents. It's a little harder to go after a school board that puts it at the end of the agenda. And you technically, you can speak. It's just we wh- are going to be there all night to watch their vote. But, but it also sounded, now I wasn't in the room, but it also sounded like there was almost this mocking because the original policy, I guess, they shoved in under the cloak of dark during COVID. And then they were just increasing these penalties. And they kind of made it sound like, look, if there hasn't been a problem now, there won't right. be. A pro- well, kids weren't even in school during when they first passed this policy. They were virtual. So it's just amazing to me. It just sounded like there was a condescension. Absolutely. And I I don't want to speak for anybody because, again, I wasn't there. I
1: was there. (laughs) It was absolutely elitism, condescending. A lot of them almost lectured the parents for bringing up their concerns. There was only one school board member that even gave lip service to the fact, well, maybe we ought to look at improving our processes for parental involvement. But, you know, but then they're going ahead and, and having these processes that do everything to discourage parents. So I, I don't know how much credence to give that.
0: All I know is the same day you're up there at the, the school board battling with the parents, I'm literally getting a call from a school board member of a private Christian school up there that is literally waitlisted in every grade. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and yeah. I literally said to him, well, it's no wonder your parents are all running to your school because they feel forced out of the public school system because of these kind of policies and this kind of treatment.
1: You know, one of the most emotional moments of the night was this mom that got up there and said she actually considers herself an LGBTQ ally, but she is horrified at the way they are cutting parents out of these sensitive discussions. And in fact, if I think I heard her say she ended up taking her two younger kids out because of that. And this is the person that considers herself on the liberal side of things. Let's just listen to that for a minute. And when I discuss your proposed policies, the COVID family life education and transgender unit in fourth grade... The potential suspensions and misgendering and deadnaming for kids as early as fourth grade, they're all astonished. So this leads me to one question. Who are you really representing?
0: I think most parents, even if you are more supportive of the LGBT agenda and what that training looks like, I think most parents still want to be the first voice in their child's life about those issues. And the school is trying to preempt that by getting these issues at such young ages. And so I think no matter where you fall, most parents still see that as this is part of our value set. This is part of what we believe. And I want to be the one driving that conversation, at least in advance of some other entity like a public school doing that.
1: Yeah, that's the emotion you're hearing. Okay, I just got to say one more thing. We spent hours at the school board meeting dealing with uh, appreciation things, LGBTQI plus uh, pride month, administration details. Are we talking about the fact that the, the standards of learning declined for reading and math? There are major issues that we never addressed in that meeting. And you wonder why why our schools are in this shape. And so. I have to
0: ask, was there any academic actual like math science reading? Like did they cover, because really Fairfax used to be known as the best public school system, one of the best in the country. And even their numbers dropped dramatically this past couple of years.
1: Well, for the two and a half or so hours that I made it through sitting there, um, most of the, I didn't hear that. I I heard uh, they kind of sidelined it on cell phone discussion and that that's important, but you know, I don't think I heard any parent actually Showing concern about that, so they weren't really addressing what the parents actually showed up to talk about.
0: Wow, that's just devastating. This is happening all across the state, by the way. We talk about Northern Virginia, we pick on Northern Virginia, but there's a lawsuit in Harrisonburg over these issues. You know, there's there. This is statewide. This idea that we're not majoring on the majors that they when the parents are concerned, they shove these these agenda items to the end of the day. It's Parents have a right to be frustrated, and they obviously spoke during the election, and I hope they keep speaking at every school board meeting and every ballot box.
1: That's right. I think the encouragement here is even if your school board is taking perseverance and just the patience of Job, um, keep planting those seeds. Keep showing up. You never know when you're going to plant that seed that has fruit. Like Laura Murphy from Fairfax County, the mom who eventually was – the uh, momentum behind getting this new parental rights law signed that we now have. That was a 10-year battle for her, um, but we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for that one Fairfax County mom. So, So keep it up, parents. Do not give up. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! You know, the other day I was walking in downtown Richmond, and I just heard this guy shout out to a lady. It was someone who was obviously his friend. You manifest that, girl. You manifest that. And I thought, well, that's weird. You know, usually when I think of the term manifest, it's kind of in a more creepy context, you know, like someone is manifesting an evil spirit or something. But in this case, it was obvious he was trying to cheer her on. And then later I found out there's this whole manifestation trend on TikTok.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does sound weird in that context for sure. But yeah, apparently there's this manifestation hashtag that's on TikTok. And get this, it has 17 billion views. Billion. That's unbelievable. Basically, it gets down to this whole trend where you're trying to think your goals. Well, actually, you're really trying to feel your goals into existence. So it's kind of this, this uh, you know, redo of old ideas. But basically, there's this idea and some of the popular ones are like you write down your goals three times in the morning and six times at lunch and nine times, I guess, at dinner or whatever. Or you know, a, a even funnier one, I think, I think it's funny, maybe I shouldn't laugh at it. But you know, maybe sadder is that you focus your energy on us or, or at, I guess, a specific frequency. So like the love frequency is supposedly 528 hertz let's just listen to one of these manifest
1: coaches i guess is what they call them you can attract anything in your life as long as you match it vibrationally. So to start, you're just going to set your intention and you're going to say what it is as if you already have it. So let's say you a $1,000. You're going to say, I have $1,000. Then you're going to visualize and think about what you would feel if you already had that $1,000. Now this is the most important part. After that, you need to let it go. Don't worry about it anymore because if you already had it, you wouldn't be worrying about it. So if you did worry about it, that would put you onto a different vibration of lack and desperation. You know, Victoria, there's also these so-called angel numbers out there where people are believing that there are these number series that the universe is sending to them as a comfort. And, you know, I ran into this the other day. I went into a local fast food place and the girl serving me was wearing a uh, three numbers in a series on a necklace. And I asked her about it and she basically told me it was her angel number. And I just left thinking... Um, you know, she said her mom had given it to her, and I thought, your mom has set you up like a lost
0: episode or something, <laughs> you know, where you're just looking for these numbers all the time. <laughs> well, when you said manifest, I actually thought of the show Lost and the plain manifest, but yeah. that is kind of, it's a weird thing. I don't, I, this angel number thing I hadn't really heard of, like, you were the first one to tell me about that, but just all of this, to me, sounds to, exactly to your point, this mom set you up poorly, like, the, the, this is the new generation, Gen Z's maybe version of... Uh, the old school like power of positive thinking or some of the new age stuff you know focus on this that we used to be back in the I don't know was that 90s or whatever it and I guess honestly at the heart of it is just this idea that we're still trying to have control over our lives and people are lost without God and, and there's just this lostness and so people are grabbing onto something that feels spiritual and they're trying to you know get this thing to do what they want or get their life to pan out. The the way they want it to it's actually a little bit sad
1: yeah and to your point about another way for humans to try to have control over their lives well first of all it's really tempting right now because we all kind of feel like we have to control over nothing with everything that's going on so I can see why people are tempted that way it just gives them some feeling that they you know have some input into what's going on around them I guess um, but I've seen this commentary from psychologists making The point that trying to control like that actually puts pressure on people's mental thoughts, it can actually increase things like OCD symptoms or anxiety struggles and I, I just think it gets back to what you were saying, almost this idol that we have as humans of just trying to find ways that we can manipulate
0: what's happening in the universe. Well, imagine if this is the way you're trying to operate your life and the first time that something is absolutely out of your control and you can do nothing about it, it's gotta upend everything. But but as believers, you know, we we know that we put these things in God's hands and we can rest. And so I think that's really sad. It it just speaks to the need our culture has for God's grace and understanding that there is a God who you know, loves you and cares about your life, and and really being in communion with Him is how you're going to get to life flourishing.
1: Yeah, because think about the burden you're facing if something goes wrong. Well, I didn't, I didn't manifest enough, or I didn't, I didn't do this enough, or I didn't do these, you know, wishes in the morning. Or I love what you're saying, and I kind of think the bottom line is we are sort of at this point in our culture, almost where Paul was at when he was talking to the people of Athens, and he says, "I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship and." I even found an altar to an unknown God.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then there's actually this really beautiful part right after that that he says, when he quotes, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. It's
1: so true, Victoria. May God give us the power to speak that hope into our culture right now. Well, I guess that means we need to give this week's Inconceivable Award to TikTok manifestation self-help gurus who aren't actually helping anyone long-term, but they're definitely creating more trendy delusions. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time, and don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.